Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Thanks for joining us early this week. It's still last week, kind of, because it's supposed to be Tuesday, but it's Saturday. We are back with our final rookie-centric episode of the offseason. It has been a long two months. We've had our positional breakdowns, late-round targets, vets to move pre-draft, the pre- and post-NFL draft rookie mocks. But we wanted to get this episode out early, and we'll talk about that in a second. But, Mitch, bright and early, Saturday morning, out there on what time are you at mountain time mountain time that's right how you feeling today it's good it's seven o'clock but you actually brought this up earlier in the week about how it would be a lot smarter for us to get this out to people before a lot of rookie drafts start on monday because i know probably 70 percent of mine start on monday so we're gonna try to get this out early so hopefully it helps you you know navigate through the draft a little bit easier because I've probably completed 20 drafts already and I'm kind of surprised actually I'll say very surprised at how the second round is going I'm kind of surprised but not really because we knew it was going to be chaos and we Mm -hmm. talked about that previously and I wanted to find out in our discord I put it out there who has a draft that starts on you know next week who has drafts that completed and has a draft that starts now next week, or who's just completely done. I see a few of the guys in the chat here, bright and early. What's going on? Aaron, Behart. So we wanted to get this out early, like Mitch said, because this is not going to be of much use to you on Tuesday after your first round is completed. So we're, we're jumping the shark here, getting it out early. Like I said, the last rookie-centric episode, a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, just overall things that we have seen in combined probably about 40 rookie drafts, and that's just between Mitch and myself. We're also gathering data constantly and looking at stuff, boards, uh, values, reaches, surprises, things that are kind of going as planned from folks in the Discord too. Like I always say, it's a great community. But a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, it ties into, and got to do the shameless plug for the Patreon, but it ties into this past week's episode of the Pivot Point, where we discuss pivot opportunities if you're looking to move in the draft, out of the draft. And then more specifically, we had a ton of questions about the the quarterbacks, what you're doing with the veterans if you don't get Kenny Pickett, Mm -hmm. and then what to do with your higher end running backs by committee. Where are you trying to get into the draft with them? Vet wide receivers, early tight end production. So if you're interested in anything like that, I urge you, I I, I beg of you, go check out the, the Patreon. It's five bucks a month. We have the tiers, projections. We're, we're moving along on those. And then the weekly episode of the Pivot Point. So it's a lot of good information that I think people find useful. All right, Mitch. The draft overall, the rookies overall. We again, we've talked about this for two, three months at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost time to move on. We have. One I more, know, one I know, more. but we got to do it one more time, one more time. Not, we all know the strengths of the class, the weaknesses, all that good stuff. Yep. What has surprised you the most 
with what you have seen? I mean, you just mentioned the second round. What about yeah. it surprises you? Like I was saying, it's the second round. The first round, it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, you have a top eight. I think that's everybody's top eight now. Yep. There's a few wide receivers afterwards. Everyone's pretty okay with. And then the second round is when it blows up. You could get the two o the same player you see at the two o one in one draft. You could get him at the three o five in another draft. Um, personally, I like David Bell there. Right. David Bell could go anywhere from the two o one to where I got him at the three o two. Same thing for Pickens. Pickens, I've got him in the third round. And then you have what we're seeing now the drafts that taking place a little bit later in the past week these fifth round running backs and fourth round running backs are starting to jump everybody else to where Tyler Algier was going 311 312 now he's 301 you have Pierce who for Houston who was going 302 now you see him at 201 I will not doubt us there's going to be a draft. I guarantee in the next week he goes above James Cook. But that's what the second round is. It's just crazy like that. You mentioned David Bell, and I think this is an important thing when looking at this. So if you are on the Patreon, you see my tiers and, and you see where I have certain guys. And Mitch, you talked about the top eight. Mm-hmm. And it's Brees Hall for me, three receivers, and then running back quarterback two receivers but that gets so murky and this is where this is why we talk about and i've been pushing for months now trying to package up to get into that top eight just because i think it is a safer bet it's a bet that i'm more willing to make even if i am losing a little bit of value it's a pick that i feel much more comfortable with because you can't move out really from 109 and beyond it is very difficult And we're not even going to get into the conversation of, well, would you move it for this 23 pick? That ship has sailed. I, you know, the the opportunity here, it's, it's veterans mainly, or if you are looking to move back, that opportunity is still available because people like me who are looking to move up. But I, my initial thought here, five minutes ago, before this, this rant, if you look at my tears, like I have David Bell, And Mitch, you have David Bell. We have him at the back end of that first. Yep. You don't have to take him there, though. And we'll get into certain strategies and and thoughts depending on how our rookie picks are lining up. But I posted a screenshot on Twitter, and it was my three most rostered players. And David Bell was one of them, of course. And somebody jumped in, where have you been getting Bell? Pick 14, 15, let's see, 14, 14, 14. So 202 at the earliest, 203. 206, 209, sorry, 205, 209. But that kind of plays into what you're saying. And if you can maneuver around your draft and you do have that additional draft capital that you've been able to pick up, you can find these values and they are there in the second. Uh, oh, we, we got Kevin in the chat. Bell or Mechie. Kev, you know I'm going Bell. Yep. You know. Yep. It's Bell. And in drafts, it's Bell too. I mean, very rarely will you see a Mechie going above Bell. Kev Du Bois, what is it? Du Bois 22, I think, over there with uh, uh, Devi Royale, I think. I barely know the name of my own podcast, but <laughs> he loves, he loves, and I can't say it in this one. 
but give me the one that we've seen play in the NFL. Isn't that the analysis? Isn't that the analysis, Kev, that you love? Anyway, anyway. So we're talking about that second round. Let's let's look in the, the start of the draft. Or really quick. There's so much I want to talk about. The coffee's just kicking in too. I'm all amped up. You you have you have a lot of picks in this draft, Mitch. Let's mm-hmm. say, and this is actually <laughs> Kev. Uh, let's say, and this is a real life example. I have 209, 210, and 211 coming up. How would you play a situation like that versus one where maybe your picks are a little bit more spread out? Does anything ever change for you the way you attack the rookie draft? The first round, it doesn't change much for me because I think my first round's pretty locked in at the players that I want there. Um, I think a lot of people are going to go into this draft and think it's going to be like last drafts to where you have the 110 on the clock. You could just wait and someone's going to give you a 23 first, right? That's not going to happen this year. I mean, my 20 drafts, I don't think I've seen it happen once. I've seen it happen for 23 seconds, 23 thirds, 23 firsts. I haven't seen anybody do it for a first. So if you're planning on doing that strategy like what worked previously, you're going to be sitting on the clock until it runs out, which... We've already seen quite a bit already this, you know, this draft season, which is, I thought it was bad last year. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit worse this year, but um, what I was going to say is, so if I have two to three picks in the first round, I'm really just picking my players here. The only thing that will make me bounce off where I have the players at is you mentioned this. I'm not sure if it was during the, I'm pretty sure it was during the last show to where if Pickett is on the board. And if I don't think Pickett will drop to my next ones, then I might take him a spot or two early. But other than that, I mean, I'm pretty set in stone on how I will be drafting if I have picks in the first round. Right now, I have a lot of Christian Watson. And that's because I have a lot of between 109 and 111, and he's just the best player I have on the board right there. So that's who I end up with. This makes me so sad. I had so many 109s. So I had a lot of... A lot of fourth place finishes right outside of the money. Like that's probably the spot that I would have drafted out. You probably have a fair amount of sky more. I would guess if you have those picks still, I got to think, no, I actually don't have much sky. I don't. Um, Yeah. I'd have to go back and look, uh, (laughs) be heart in the chat. Biggest surprise so far. QB values. Oh yeah. Place swinging from late first to early third for a guy like Willis corral going early to mid second, sometimes to mid third. It's wild in these streets. It is so wild. And I, this is, this is my last plea. This is my last chance. This is my closing argument, guys. I beg of you. Do not take Malik Willis, who has an ADP of 201. 201. Don't do it. Don't do it. Ritter, 203. Don't do it. Corral, 208. Uh, uh, Sam Howe still going in the early third for a fifth-round quarterback. Yeah. What What are we doing? So just don't do it, I please. And so- if and if you and if you jump in our our DMs or you jump in the Discord and you're like, "Hey, would you take him here?" No. Well, what about if you wanted me to say to take him, you came to the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. So. Funny thing about Willis, uh, two quick trades that we have done. So John and I are in a league and it's 
probably eight of the 12 people in it are contributors and somehow in the dynasty space, right? We were at the 208 last night. We had a few people trying to trade up to it, but Malik Willis was on the board. We're like, we know exactly who everyone's trading up for. So that was a case to where we did get a 23 second and then a third round pick this year. A mid third. I think we moved back yeah. like eight or nine spots in the 22 draft. Exactly. And I mean, that's, that's something that you can look for is if these QBs are on the board and you're getting a couple offers, people are trading up to get that quarterback. Um, I'm in a Debbie league. Same thing though. Um, I had Howell on my team immediately after the draft. Someone offered me Rashad Penny for Howell and like a 23 third. I can't read that. Oh, John is showing 214 for Sam Howell. Yep. Oh, it just came <laughs> through today at 9 12 a.m. A minute ago. What? Don't. Yeah, it's. You brought this up previously. Like you said, we'll spend five more minutes on this and move on. But you say that, but we'll be talking about this at noon still today. Maybe, maybe. But if one of these rookie quarterbacks is playing for a team this year. It's because the team is doing really bad and the starter isn't good. These rookies aren't going to come in and turn around a franchise. So if these teams are bad going into next year, they all have their 23 firsts. Guess what? Their value is going to be nothing until after the draft. You could have someone like... Davis Mills type, you know, holding on still because their team just didn't get anybody. But Atlanta's billing for 23. Like, that's very obvious with their drafts. The Lions are billing for 23. Tennessee can still have Tannehill next year. Washington, who knows what's going on in Washington at any point in time. Yeah, and I talked about this with, like, Tyler Algier and Damian Pierce. Mm -hmm. If you are going to reach on them, which I hope you do not, but if you do with these quarterbacks, as soon as Mitch mentioned it, if they do get an opportunity in 22, it's because one, an injury, two, the star was playing poorly, the team's not doing well. I can't see a long-term commitment. And I, I talked about it on the last episode. The David, Davis Mills situation was so unique because of what happened with Deshaun Watson and off the field and issues with the franchise and the organization itself. So if you have the opportunity to pivot off of them, don't double down and invest in more in other leagues or hang on to him, move off of these quarterbacks when the opportunity presents itself. But back to the question from like 10 minutes ago and Mitch, you answered it already, but I want to throw my, my two cents in here. Mm -hmm. So changes in my general approach, depending on where my picks are, if I have them clustered, if I have a lot, if I have very few, if I have very few, I am far more willing to draft based off of my specific tiers. Mm -hmm. So I, I am a little bit more willing to reach on guys that I'm planting my flags on. If I have mo more picks, and I just did this, the one that I had, the 209, 10, 11, I had the 206 also. So there's like five guys on the board that I still like. I took John Mechie with my that first pick before the cluster one it's because it, when you look at on the app and there is that adp that's what people are seeing i didn't think he was going to make it to my next set and the other guys that i like are a little bit more buried so in that situation when i have more picks 
I'm more willing to play based off of the board and my league mates and more general overarching values. Whereas if I have fewer picks, I'm getting my, my David Bell, you know, I'm, I'm going to get my, I don't even know. I got to pull up my tears. How do I start an episode? And I don't have my tears up. I always have my tears up. I always have them up. So that's the, that's the change there for me. I could see that. So we talked. I was just going to say, if this was the back end of the second round, what I am actually doing is I do think there's a huge cluster there. There's a lot of leagues to where I have two or three seconds and they're bunched together. What I'm doing there is I'm going to get my shares of all these wide receivers through my different drafts, right? So what I'm doing instead is right now you cannot trade the 208, the 209, and the 210 and get up to the 111 in this year's draft. I just, the people just aren't doing it. Where last year you might have had a chance to do it. Next year you might have a chance. I don't think you could, you say 110, 111, 112. I don't think you get up to 204 with those three picks in a lot of spots. Exactly. And so what I'm doing with there is I'm hammering the running backs. I'm getting Pierce. I'm getting Algier. And then whoever, sometimes it's David Price or Davis Price. Sometimes it's another one. But I'm trying to get three of them. And the reason for that is I think one of them will do well enough during the season to where you can move them. Might not be a 23 first. It might end up being a 24 first. But if I could do that with a second round pick and it's going to take a couple of them to do it this year, that's something that I want to do because I don't have a huge, a lot of faith that John Mechie is going to be able to get that to me, right? But if I have two or three of these running backs on my team, I feel pretty confident I'm going to be able to flip one of them. And then I will be able to get that draft capital. Like I said, 23 is probably out the window for doing anything like this. But 24, I think it's very possible for that to happen. When you look at those running backs that you mentioned, and we start getting into that that fourth round, mm-hmm. the potential, the, the the flippability factor of those assets, the bottom could completely drop out. But mm-hmm. you could see that more immediate spike, and I don't want to say longer-term value, but somebody in your league might be willing to overpay. Yes. And that I can... I can appreciate, I can understand, I buy into. Whereas you go with a John Mechie, even an Alec Pierce, Jalen Tolbert. Uh, They're going to have to hit hit for them to go off. <laughs> yeah, and but I think it's more of the lower value ceiling, mm-hmm. maybe more stable production. That's the difference there. So if if you're thinking between those two scenarios, what are you looking for for your team? And if you have a purpose, if you have that goal in mind, hey, I want a guy that I think if he spikes early, if we get some positive blurbs in training camp, whatever the case may be, I can move him for a profit. I can understand that because we've all been in spots like that. And you all know your league mates a lot better than we do who are yep. in your leagues. So keeping that in mind. Those are the, you know, the, the Damian Pierce's we talked about the, uh, the Tyler Algiers, but their range, their variance. And that's, it kind of ties into what you said in the first, what'd you say? It's all over. (laughs) It's all over the board. It really is. And this ties into exactly what Mitch opened the episode with talking about second round players. Like my, one of my guys is Jalen Tolbert, third Mm -hmm. round wide receiver, Dallas Cowboys cover your ears. 
Michael, cover, cover your ears back here, Michael Gal. But is his value ever going to spike? No, it's not. But he's an asset that I do believe in more longer term. But I talked about like my my David Bell, if I have a few picks, that's the guy I'm getting. Jalen Tolbert's in a similar situation. Like that spot where I had the 206, 209, 10, and 11, I passed on Tolbert at 206, even though I, I, I like him there, but I know I can get him in that next cluster. Like I, I, he's slipping to the third of so many drafts. I talked about where I've been getting David Bell. Tolbert pick 19. All right, so we're at 207. That's the earliest I've taken him. 208, 212, 301, 303, 308, it looks like. Like the, you know, so playing your, your board versus playing your your league mates, I think that's critical when looking oh. at the way you're navigating through these drafts, right? Yeah, more so this year than any other one before because, like we said, the second round is so up. You're going to know how your league drafts, especially if you're in fewer than 50 leagues. You're probably going to have a really good idea how your league drafts. Yep. Uh, you'll you'll find a lot of league mates that are just base, drafting strictly based on need. Yep. Right? And that's where we start to see the, the dangerous picks. And I talk about this like it's life or death. The dangerous picks. It's Still so money. critical. It's so critical. But that's where we start to see Malik Willis. Ritter, Corral, and those those fourth and fifth round running backs creep up the board. Hey, oh, I need a running back. I this might not be a, a good bet, but I need a running back, and that's where those mistakes start to happen. And I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't done it. Yeah. We've we've all done it, Mitch. We always talk about it's May. You don't have to set your roster, but then Mitch creeps and he's like, "Yeah, but I get anxiety I whenever do. I look at my." I roster. do. I'll set mine in January, man. I'd be like, "Nope, I need a wide receiver." It's like Mitch is setting his week one lineups. It's January 10th. What's going it's, on? It's still here? playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So I, listen, it happens to the best of us. And then it happens to us because I'm not going to include us in the best exactly. of us. Come on. All right. Uh, one comment I wanted to make before we kind of move on. You talked about not being able to move the 109, 110, 111 in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm to move out. Maybe you can move back, but moving out is, is very difficult. The only times that I think this might be able to work and I've seen it. If you can kind of leverage the picks of the positions that are, there's a positional scarcity in this year's draft. So it's not receiver. Like it is very difficult to move that one Oh seven, one Oh eight. If pickets off the board. Yep. Because it's a wide receiver. Everybody knows it's a wide receiver. So those those potential opportunities, they lie in 101, 102, because that's where Holland Walker are typically going. And it's where Pickett, he's going in that. I've seen him all the way up at 103. I think that's a mistake. We've seen him down to 109 in some spots. That's rare, but we've seen it. And then I think the a big opportunity is where James Cook might be going. So if I see Mitch he has one running back on his roster and typically he's a guy that wants to, to get his needs solidified there. Maybe I can maneuver a James, you know, that one eleven. if, if James mm-hmm. cook is on the board, Hey Mitch, not sure if you're looking to get up for a running back here and maybe I get like a, I don't 
Juju in 210 or something. Yeah. yeah. So I think that opportunity could present itself. Yeah, it's rare, that... but it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything? I thought you were going to say no. something. I'm just Good looking thinking. at the board and it's, it's hard, man. Like Chris Olave has slid in a few drafts to where I was like, wow, he was still on the board there. And I'm like really shocked about that. I think if that happens, I think there's chances to where you could get trade ups, but trading out of the second round is so hard unless the quarterback's there and someone's like, Oh, Hey, I got to get the quarterback. My hope is a whole bunch of these redraft pods come out in the next week. They're like, Hey, what you really need to do is you need to go get Pierce. He's going to own that Houston mm-hmm. backfield. Then all of a sudden he's not the 206 anymore. He's the 201. And that happens. That's when you can start to get some trades. But right now it's a little bleak out there. I will say there are still a few potential landmines that could ruin a backfield. Not take over necessarily. But remember, Mike Davis is now available. Yep. Uh, he has history. I've said this in the Discord. He has history with Seattle with Pete Carroll. I'm I'm not saying they do bring him in, but you'll say anything about good old <laughs> Kenneth Walker. I don't get it. <laughs> Well, listen, I'm just, I'm just bringing up, that is a fact. That's a, that's a fact. But we look at these spots in Houston, in Atlanta, a lot of buzz that Kareem Hunt could be cut. Mm-hmm. Sony Michelle's out there, I'm pretty sure. Sony Michelle is available. Yep. Uh, the corpse of David Johnson is available. Like, like again, they a lot of these guys that could potentially sign somewhere, they're going to be just annoying enough to put a strain on the potential value of these guys. Mm-hmm. But I see tied in the chat. What's going on? Um, so let's see here. Working down our drafts, working down our drafts. one guy. You know, I've talked about this before in drafts about how I'll get stuck on one player and I'll end up with a whole bunch of shares. Mm-hmm. It's two guys for different reasons. Right now, I have like a 22% roster percentage of Danny Gray. It's because he's a third-round wide receiver that you could get at the back end of the fourth round in every draft. So I've got him a ton. And the other one's Kyron Williams. Just because you could get him early fourth, early or late third, and he has that name recognition to if something happens to Cam Akers. We already know Daryl Henderson isn't going to hold up the whole season. And we saw Xavier Jones was like a huge pickup last year, right? No one even knew who that dude was. And so if anything happens to Cam Akers, everyone's going to be like, Kyron Williams, I know that name. You know, Wait, he's in it? a good spot now. Jake Funk. That Jake was Funk. the other yeah, one. That was another one. Exactly. And there was like, oh yeah, he's his speed scores off the chart or some horrible analysis like that. But um, hey, I like I like speed. Score. I know. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. <laughs> you son but of a. Those are the two that I'm really ending up with for completely different reasons. But I do think you could take shots like this, Jelani Woods. If you are in um, a two point premium for He's going in the tight end, still in that format. I mean, the rest of that tight end room. As much as I like Kylan Granson, Kylan Granson more than likely is never going to be a startable fantasy contributor for your team. Jelani Woods has everything you could possibly want in a tight end. And he plays for the Colts, a team who loves tight ends. Mo Alley could be uh, a hindrance there. But he only plays 40% of snaps. He only ever plays 40% of snaps. 
Yeah, tight ends are interesting here. And this is a question that we got on this week's episode of the Pivot Point, like I mentioned to start the show. You have even McBride, like I love the profile. I really do. I would have much preferred a different landing spot. And it always comes into play. Unless you're Kyle Pitts, even Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, that year one production expectation, it really shouldn't be there, right? So I, I keep saying for Trey McBride, that is a pick. It's a luxury pick you're making. And you're going to have to sit on him for a while. You're going to have to be patient. He's not going to be somebody that you can plug into your starting lineup anytime soon. But I think the same could be said. You talk about Jelani Woods. I, I love Greg Dulcich. I, I love, uh, um, I'm trying to look at the ADP we have here. That's really all the tight ends. Uh, Kate, Kate Otten. I was just going to say, yep. Tampa Bay has one that is slowly creeping up because people are afraid of Gronk not mm-hmm. coming back, I think. And then I, I, I like Cole Turner. I just snagged him in 5'10 in a draft. Tight end yep. premium. But these are guys that do have obstacles in their way, so you are going to have to sit on them. And at that point in the draft, fourth, fifth, late third, fourth, fifth round, you're not really you're not going to go out and get a producer. So the only real opportunity, I think, if you don't want Trey McBride, and we talked about opportunities, stay with the same team, Zach Ertz. We talked about even later looking at a Robert Tunyon if you're looking for those producers. But there are those players that are out there. But these tight ends, you're going to have to be patient. And this is the time that even though they are dirt cheap, I think we're going to see a lot of these guys on waivers next year, even in tight end premium. So if I have the roster spots, I think I could potentially scoop them up. All right. Here's one for you. I know we weren't going to really dive into players, but I saw him very low on the list. He's in all of the drafts. So I think the listeners can draft him in every fourth round if they want to. What do you think about Snoop Connor? I like Snoop, and it's strictly because of the question marks in that backfield. Mm-hmm. I like Snoop because the new regime has had nothing to do with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. So I, I I know, and you know, I'm a huge draft capital guy. Yep. But that first round draft capital for Travis Etienne, there is an asterisk next to it. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Uh James or James Connor. James Robinson's. I can't get Connor off the brain. So we got that, and we got Snoop Connor, so it all just kind of works, Th- right? Yeah. Uh, James Robinson, draft capital out the window. because, it, But but Snoop, Snoop-a-loop, maybe he comes in, you get him late fourth, fifth round where he is available, mm-hmm. and you get a report that says Travis Etienne setback in training camp. James Robinson. Uh, not coming along the way we'd like after that Achilles injury. Now, what if you can move Snoop for an early, you know, Snoop in a third in 23 for something that might project to be a late second in 23. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds crazy now. Oh, it's going to happen in training camp. We know the crazy stuff happens yep. in training camp. Um, uh, there's a comment in the chat, grabbed a ton of, Autocorrect Trey McKitty off waivers mid season. That is, that is a very good comparison. I think to some of these tight ends, he went into a nice situation in Los Angeles. We weren't really sure how it was going to play out with uh, Jared cook and Parham. 
so uh, Cole Turner, very similar situation. We have Logan Thomas and John Bates. Logan Thomas coming off an injury. But yeah, I think we're going to find those guys on waivers. Yeah, I think Snoop is a good one. And Kate Otten, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. it all it takes is confirmation that Rob Gronkowski is not coming back in 22. Yep. I mean, he's a free agent, so he very well might not. He's talking about retirement. And then the report came out that he would go back to the Bucks if they brought Julian Edelman. Yeah. What? I mean, oh, he would Gre- too. Uh, Greg mentioned Jacob Harris as another yep. one. That's he had preseason buzz, but we all know. And Mitch, let we we as a team, we we always talk about improving our processes and learning from our mistakes. Yep. We had the chance that a preseason spike with, um, oh my god. The Colts tight end. What? Kylan Granson. Kylan Granson. Yeah, that was a mistake for me right there. I'm telling you right now, if yeah. I'm in this situation, I have these tight ends and I have the opportunity to cash out at what I believe is to be an inflated price at, at a, a profit. Yep. I'm going to do They're it. They're gone. Yep. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, we all make mistakes. I make more mistakes than most, but I do try to learn from them. And that is one that I have learned. If you get any boost with these tight ends that are more than likely never going to mean anything move them the second that you can and we talk about this all the time too and we've had some that we've you know i think we have led people in the right direction ramondre stevenson was a great one last year we we were talking about trying to package him up to get into a, a late first round and that was realistic after the preseason even a few times during the season um any of these guys that pop during the preseason or training camp that have poor profiles and they most likely have poor profiles and they're going late in these drafts for a reason. Yep. I, I'm getting out from under them. I, I'm, I'm churning those players. That is the goal here. Um, but then, well, JB, you would have, you would have missed out on Elijah Mitchell. You would have missed out on James Robinson. You sure would have. <laughs> y- yes. But if you're doing it over and over and over again, over a longer period of time and you have a large enough sample size, you're going to turn a profit. I always compare these things to like blackjack. I can play blackjack. I can play by the book. But if I'm only playing 10 hands. Book don't matter. Exactly. You yeah. need that large enough sample size over and over and over again. If you're making the right decision. That's the way I, I compare it. Ah, Let's see. We talked about the quarterbacks. It, don't. Don't do it. <laughs> Kenny Pickett, we talked about uh, 105 to 108. That's fair. He'll just be gone there. Yep. And trying to move that pick if somebody's looking for a quarterback. Uh, We talked about some pivot opportunities in the Discord for him. A lot of people were down on him. So if I have to take him, I will. Like I said, I think he's a solidified mid to low quarterback two over the next couple of years based on, you know, by default. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Wondell Robinson, are you okay with him at the end of the second? Yeah, I think they obviously drafted him for a reason at that spot. I think he's going to go in, he'll be their slot guy, and he will just play there. Who knows how healthy he'll be with how small he is, but no, he's a guy to where if he's still hanging around at that late second, early third, I usually snap him up there. Uh, Greg says, love, love the tight end advice. Too many of them hang on my rosters. Me too, man. I have a I, lot of teams like that to where I'll look and I'll have like six tight ends. I'm like, who do I want to cut? And I'm like, 
I don't really want to cut all of them, but they all kind of suck. So I should probably just start fresh. But yeah. But you can always put that spin in that narrative. Well, oh, yeah. if if this happens and then this, 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 and this, he might get five points a game. He, he could. Uh, he could get so like I, three catches week six. And I'm going to need that week six. I need to keep him. Uh, you you mentioned it. And I want to I wanna talk about this just a little bit in, in more depth. Like we moved the two mid-second for a 23-second and a third in 2022. Again, the way drafts play out, there's a very good chance the guy that you would have taken in the second could be there at the early third. 100%. And that is a move far easier. And you mentioned earlier, but I just want to drive it home here. That's a move that is far easier to make than moving the first for a first plus that's not going to happen, but you can move that second for a second plus. Mm -hmm. But again, it all depends on who's there because if David Bell's there at pick 20, I'm probably going to take David Bell right there. I'm going to ring that bell. I'm going to ring it one last time. Uh, uh, Patrick, first time tuning in live. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining. We see Jeff, a familiar name. Anybody that's watching live, anybody in the chat, if you have a rookie that you're wondering about, if, you know, whether it's, Hey guys, I, I have the two ten. Who's a name that I could, I could realistically get there in your draft next week. <laughs> Drop it in there. All of this. <laughs> yeah. Any of them really outside yeah, of the top. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I talk about those, those players, to leverage in the mm-hmm. positions and the positional scarcity. I, I think it's there a little bit with sky Moore and Christian Watson. It is, you know, we have the landing spot lovers. They're, they're they're the last two wide receivers that will like no matter really what happens in training camp they could probably miss all of training camp and their values really aren't going to drop because of their landing spots the quarterbacks they're with the rest of the talent in the offense to where you see a guy like i brought him up previous episode i love alec pierce right i think he's gonna do very well mm-hmm. in that offense if he's out for training camp that value is gonna drop it just is in that offense you have John Mechie. If John Mechie, you know, has some, you know, like hamstring issue or something, misses a lot of training camp, his value is going to drop. Watson and Sky Moore are the only ones that are going to hold their value pretty much no, no matter what happens the first two months between like August and September. They'll still be worth that. Jeff uh, joined a little bit late, but he says mm-hmm. Damian Pierce was available late second after the draft seems to be rising. Mitch, you hit the nail on the head yep. there. I've, I've consistently seen him going early second. That's the, what happens, man. That's the opportunity to move off. Abram Smith, Kennedy Brooks. Those are two interesting UDFAs. We have Abram Smith and they got decent chunks there that are guaranteed actually. Mm-hmm. But Abram Smith going to New Orleans, Kennedy Brooks going to Philadelphia. But then but, I'm talking fourth round, maybe. I know Brooks got a lot of money from the Eagles, and that's been like the thing. I don't want anybody else in that running back room. Like, I barely want Miles Sanders, and he's a very good running back. And Miles Sanders is actually going to be getting a lot of because nobody values him, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody else. I don't want Kenneth Gainwell. You know, it's like he could be a thing and maybe he's just a waiver pickup, but I think people are going to have to spend a fair amount of their fab on it, on him. And if they do that, 
there's going to be people during the season that are going to be a lot more valuable to your roster than picking up Brooks. And again, if if you want to take a stab in, in end of the fourth, beginning of the fifth yeah. of your rookie yeah. drafts, fine. Do, do whatever you want there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I am with the quarterbacks. If you want to take a shot on Matt Corral at the end of the third, fine. He's never there. Yeah. But sure. Uh, but when we're in the third round, there are still like Brian Robinson. I don't like Brian Robinson at all. <laughs> But he is an in, in, in Antonio Gibson injury away from a, a spike in value because then it's him and J.D. McKissick. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're seeing him slip in the third. Ty Davis Price has day two draft capital. It's weird how far he's falling with how everybody loves San Francisco. It's it's just weird this year to where last year it was like, oh, you got to be so high on Sermon. And then Elijah Mitchell was still, you know, third, fourth round. And like no one will even talk about davis price like he's not even mentioned now and it's like elijah mitchell was injured every single game last year here's the thing with that and i know it like sermon went from late first early second last year elijah mitchell a little bit later obviously but people are scarred by that situation they really are shanahan (laughs) the shanahanigans or whatever shenanigans out uh what the the pun that people are throwing out there that that hurt people. It really did. So now you have Ty Davis, Pri- Pi- Ty Davis Price. Too many Pierces in the. I class. know, right? I kept trying to go Pierce too. Ty Davis Price. So he comes in, has day two draft capital, but Elijah Mitchell is there. We have uh, Jeff Wilson is still there. So a lot of these guys getting pieced together, possibly if injuries pop up. But that's the reason for for Davis Price. Sure. He could have, it's like the same storyline every year with San Francisco. Oh, this guy could take over the backfield. It's why I was willing to gamble on Wayne Gallman so late in drafts, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever he was in San Francisco. Uh, and P- Patrick in the chat, Sermon scared people away from TDP. A hundred million percent. Uh, Greg, this James Cook in the 108 to 110 range, when still some great wide receivers is a tough call for me have a number of picks in that range. It's an easy call for me. I ain't touched him. (laughs) I, I actually have some James cook and part of it is because I, the landing spots are great for sky and Watson. They are, but there are issues with their profiles as well. So if I have one Oh nine, one, Oh, one Oh eight, one Oh eight. I'm not touching James cook. Mm -hmm. So Greg puts 108 to 110. I'm taking a Lave pick at Jamison Wilson and the guys above, obviously. Yep. But what I am doing, can I move 109? I will even move 109 for 201 and 204. Give me, give me two shots rather than the one. I know the landing spots are juicy, but I think people are reaching and they're going to be a little disappointed. I, Mitch and I do not see eye to eye on Christian Watson. That, that That's the one we, we vary a little bit. Uh-oh. I'm not sure if you lost me. Okay, there we go. We're back. I froze for a second. I'm like, wait, I actually think it's me this time. It wasn't uh, me. I think I was good. The, the thing with Watson for me is I think his value is pretty insulated. And that's why I like him where I do is because I think people will continue to buy into him. But uh, DK has a question in the chat that I think it's really good right now. Um, I have a rebuild that it's super flex, but it's not tight end premium and hold the 101 and the 102. 
only one startable wide receiver, have to start three. Am I stupid for going Olave and Drake at the top? I cannot realistically trade out. If you're in the situation, it's something that John brought up probably 25 minutes ago. You take Hall every single time, and then you go to the Discord, sign up, and then you get John's tears. And the reason why you get John's tears is he'll show you. Brees Hall is tiered in Dynasty, and I think this is across the board. This isn't just a John thing. Above T. Higgins, Adams, Moore, Diggs, Cup, Hill. He, he's above all those guys value-wise. And so if you're in that situation of being like, oh, man, I really want to get whether you like Olave or Burks, whoever you like in that spot, right? You draft Brees Hall, and then you trade him in a month, and you get whatever big-name wide receiver that you want because you can. He is valued higher than them already. You know what you could do? And this is actually, DK, this is something I, I did. And I know you put in here, I cannot realistically trade out. I've tried. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that's so frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. There's so many spots. <laughs> I'm like, lots of those. Like, come on. Like, I... It'll just give me face value. Maybe even 95% I'll take. Come Mm -hmm. on. But I traded, it's a 14 team super flex. I traded 101 and hunt. And I, similar situation. I'm in a rebuild wide receivers. And I I would rather invest in them at this point with this team. And I traded for DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown in a second. So I, essentially the first for DJ Moore and Hollywood Brown, mm-hmm. that's a, a step in the right direction to solve a wide receiver room like that. Yep. And I think that could be doable. So take Hall, you're going to be able to, well, in a lot of leagues, you'll be able to move him. Yeah. Hopefully your league mates are awake and you can, you can get something going there. But at, at worst, you could trade him for a lave in October if it's really that bad, right? I mean, you're always going to be able to trade Brees for something better than whatever the wide receiver two is in this draft. Or it just takes again. It's all about the one negative blurb. Oh, Jamison Williams, what, what's going on in the off season? Like, like he's he, not smiling in his pictures. <laughs> yeah, right. Like nothing bad. Just, just maybe he isn't going to be ready for week one. Like they've they've talked about he's gonna be ready for training camp okay now i can move hall for london mm. plus plus i think that's realistic so do not reach on chris alave i like chris alave a lot but don't reach on him there hall in london for me uh at 101 and 102 mitch in that situation mm-hmm. i know you have walker at, at two but I, I believe you've said you wouldn't have an issue going london at two. Oh, is this one of the situations that you'd be okay with it I actually would, yeah. So there was a draft. I can't remember someone in the Discord called me out for it because I've always been like, no. If Walker's there at 103, I'm taking him. And I got cute. I remember if I took... Oh, you did get called out. That's right. Or if I took London. But there was someone else who really wanted to trade out of the 105. I'm like, look, I could get my wide receiver here. They probably don't like Kenneth Walker. So then I went to trade back and they accepted someone else's offer and that person took Kenneth Walker. I'm like, oh, I got cute with it. But yeah, I mean... There's always drafts to where you have to be willing to move off your board a little bit. Just looking at some of the comments. And this is why, like, I always say we have, I think, a fairly, I would say, kind community that we've put together. But look at DK jumps in the chat here. Mm -hmm. 
helpful advice, helpful advice. And that, that like, like, that's what I love about the dynasty theory community it really is fantastic. 100%. It really is. Um, Jeff says, uh, me and Packy did the exact trade. You mentioned JB trade up for the pick to take Watson and gave Packy 203 and 204. Yeah. Like if Watson's your guy, I get it. I want the two shots personally. Um, and DK, hopefully we, we helped you out there with your trade question. I see a comment in the chat from Patrick. Someone gave me a 24 first to draft TDP. Yeah. yeah. Uh, steal. That's, well done. Fantastic. Well, I think those 24 first are what you go after right now. If you want to talk. I, I saw your tweet, actually. I, yeah. I meant to like it, but I was busy. Uh, you know, no one liked it. It's all good. But <laughs> that's the one undervalued thing in Dynasty right now. It is those 24 first because Everyone wants 23, 24 is two years away. We know those two years away draft picks are always undervalued. They're even more so now because the 23 class is going to come and revolutionize the NFL. And it's going to be the most amazing thing ever. If you just ask Twitter. I made two questionable trades that the discord hated. It was a clean sweep. Did you see it? I might have. I'm not sure. In one league, it's a safe league. And, you know, again, some of these leagues, because of the, sheer volume i kind of just have some fun with some of them and it's such a terrible excuse because then it's like oh jb that was a crap trade i'm just having fun with this one no big deal i have 60 of these but the one and it was a calculated move because the what we're talking about in the discord where we think 23 first as rookie draft picks in startups next offseason where they could go Mm -hmm. i and it's a complete crap team I moved DK and Waddle in two separate trades. So kind of hedging my bet for two 23 firsts together combined um, where I think there, there is a very good chance that both of them could end up in the top half of the draft. Yeah. I mean, you're lo- definitely losing value right yeah. now by doing that, but if it's a team you're not trying to compete with, I actually, it makes sense. DK Metcalf has Drew Lockett quarterback. At best, he's going to have Baker Mayfield. So, you know, that shot. So, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. It's fine. I did it with the team situations of the picks I was acquiring in yes, mind. Yes, and that's big. It, and that was something I did a lot yesterday, too, going through, okay, this team had the 101 this year. Where are they able to improve going into 23? I'm going to target that first. I actually... I I tried to offer decent packages for folks 23 first and most of them. I mean, uh, one is in a, one's a patron. The response was LOL. And I was like, <laughs> normally I would get, I would get fired up, but they knew that ticked me off. And I yeah. think they did it on purpose. I hope probably, hope. Um, but they knew their first was early and, and little, little uh, room to move. Uh, Zamir white. It was a name that was thrown up in the chat potential value in 23 and beyond i that's the hope and with a third rounder that's completely fine you know if that's what your hope is um the biggest thing for him is he needs to stay healthy all season he needs to prove that he could just because he's not gonna get a lot of work so if he gets a little bit of work but he's missing for hamstring issues then i'm gonna be really worried patrick first time listener i know i liked you buddy if you end up with Bijan out of that big WJB, so it, they were a 12 team super flex. Even if it's like 103 and 107, I land one of my top two quarterbacks. Yeah. And if DK goes out and Waddle go out and they're just wide receiver twos this year, 
that's a replaceable position at that point. So took a little bit of a gamble. We'll see. I knew the Discord was going to hate it. I didn't tell them which side I got, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to look. Other names here, uh, looking at my tiers compared to the. Um, what was that? I think we hit on most of them. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm really staying away from Pierre Strong, Beatty. You know, Bellis Jones is a guy to where in the fourth round, I know it's an absolute lost pick if you draft him, but they're going to use him. And they drafted him for a reason. And it's like, is he a guy that could maybe get you eight to nine PPR points a couple weeks this season? Maybe I'm going to have a team that needs that. Usually you can just find that off waivers. And so using a fourth round pick probably isn't the best thing, but he's a guy to where I see him. And it's like, look, I know the guy's 38, you know, him and Najee <laughs> Harris went to preschool together, but that's a lot of draft value just to have going at the very end because you kind of hate how old he is. Yeah. Pierre strong, a name that a lot of people like Dan liked it pre-draft mm-hmm. crowded backfield. The, wh- Okay. So going mid to late fourth, and I've snagged him in the fifth of a few drafts, it ties back to the Kareem Hunt situation. And I know they have Dearness Johnson and they have Nick Chubb, obviously, but Jerome Ford is a guy that I've got a lot of him. Yep. He, you talk about speed score, Jerome Ford. And we've said in the discord, if there is a guy pre-draft, I said this, Mm -hmm. that could be this year's Elijah Elijah Mitchell coming out of nowhere. I thought it could have been Jerome Ford. I just like Pierre strong, not the ideal landing spot, but if they move on from Kareem hunt, maybe there's a chance he overtakes the number two spot in that, that offense. Maybe my second highest rostered rookie running back right now. Yeah. uh, Hassan Haskins. I, I don't have any, I'm not intrigued. Keontae Ingram. I don't have any, but you can you could tell yourself a story in Arizona. So if you want to spend a third late third round pick on Keontae Ingram, go for it. Tyler Beatty, that's my guy that I'm telling a story. You know, I liked him pre-draft. No, I liked him pre-draft with the expectation he was not going in the top four rounds. Mm-hmm. Like there was no way. But he does a lot of things well, especially in the passing game. And you know Lamar Jackson loves to throw to his running backs. But this is it's similar to the the Snoop Connor story, right? You have two running backs coming back from injury. Tyler Beatty's a guy that could potentially pop in a little bit of value, but temper your expectations. Like I'm looking at that through pre-draft rose-colored glasses. Ford uh talked about him. Looking at my top 36, uh Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. Green Bay, fourth round. You want to yeah. take a shot on him in the third? Go for it. Tyquan Thornton, second round draft capital. I keep getting him. I do too. <laughs> He's just there and you're like, you know, it's my fourth round. I might as well. So Tyquan, I would be okay taking him 305. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, you can get him late third, early fourth. So if you have a pick in that range, second round draft capital. Uh we talked about Brian Robinson. We got through a lot of names and that's kind of, we wanted to add context of where we can look to get these guys. I know a lot of people have not taken part in rookie drafts. So providing that is important. Um, Any other names? Kevin Harris is one pre-draft. I liked them. 
Didn't expect draft capital, but he landed in New England. Yeah, horrible spot. Horrible spot. Oh, and Greg Greg said at the same time, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. All right. Well, I I think we got through a lot of names. I know we're going to be talking constantly uh, this weekend, heading into rookie drafts on Monday. We wanted to get this episode out early so you guys could enjoy it and some actionable takeaways heading into your drafts. Final thoughts. Mitch, hit me with a final thought. I know Dan right. isn't here. This is this All is right. Dan's favorite segment. Yeah, I'm so going to make up for Dan. Dan not being here with this one. We said we we're going to stop bringing up the quarterbacks, but I have it for a final thought. If you listen to a lot of the NFL podcast right now, they love to talk about Malik Willis. And, and they're like, look, Steve McNair took a long time. And so what they're going to want to do with Tennessee, they're going to wait for a couple years. And they're going to want to do a McNair, Eddie George situation. But, and then they're like, look, they already have Derrick Henry there. You know, Malik Willis is going to come on in two years, and this is going to be their plan with him. And I'm like, Derrick Henry's going to be 30 years old at that point. Like, no, that, that's not what's going to happen. But I have heard so many different NFL guys be like, you know, this is going to be the plan with Malik Willis. And I'm like, no, Derrick Henry's going to be 30. I I know he is like a Greek god and he'll power through everything and he'll probably still be good at 30. But no, it's not going to happen with Malik Willis. So if you're buying into him for that reason, just don't listen to those guys because the odds of that happening are even lower than Malik Willis just being a good quarterback in the first place. Let's say it does happen, though. I'm looking at Steve McNair's stats. I need a little reminder. He got the opportunity in year three. Yeah. That doesn't sound like like a, a player that you would want to use a late first on. <laughs> well, like you, you know, can get him at for... that point, you could trade him for a mid first in 2025. So I mean, that's a value bump right there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I still can't get on board. <laughs> I don't really have a final thought. Uh I always enjoy these these weekend episodes. The chat was amazing today, as it always is. So thanks for for checking us out live. If you are listening on the podcast feed, check out YouTube. We, we do the videos as well. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, much appreciated. Like I said, check out the Patreon, five bucks a month. A lot of additional content. We're going 24-7, pretty much. We, we don't stop. Um, if time-wise, if time would allow it in our schedules, I would do an episode every day, Mitch. You know that. I know you would too. But... Two weeks. Gotta spend, gotta spend some time with the family and get yeah. some actual work done. For Dan Lamagna, who's not here today, Mitch Sorensen, I'm John Bauer. We'll catch everybody later. Good luck in your rookie drafts. See you next week.